What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of I Totally Get That, the podcast that gives unsolicited advice about life, friendships, dating, and all that good stuff in between. I'm your host, Nat, and as always, thank you so much for tuning in, whether you're a new listener or you're a returning listener. I am so happy that you chose this this podcast to listen to. And before we dive into today's episode, a couple housekeeping items. If you haven't already, please follow and subscribe to this podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And if you feel so inclined, please rate and review this podcast because it helps my show a very, very good amount. And I also have a special request for my listeners today. So if you don't have your phone in your hands already, and of course I say this, hopefully you're not driving. If you're, if you're driving, please don't grab your phone. <laughs> um, but if you're not, grab your phone and text this number, 818-583-7547 with a question that you have about anything. Anything related to dating, life, friendships, work, family, whatever it may be. I understand that sometimes we have questions that feel a little bit uncomfortable to ask people in our circle, or maybe we feel a little bit ashamed to ask. And sometimes it's just easier asking things anonymously. I totally get that. So if you have a question that you want addressed on this show, you can submit a question anonymously by texting this number or you can leave a voicemail. Um, and if you realize uh, texting you is not enough, I need to really explain my question. You can always email me at I totally get that podcast at gmail.com. I'm so excited because I am counting on y'all to send in some questions because I know you have some good ones. If you're listening to this podcast, it's because one, you are just a really wonderful friend and love to support me. Shout out to you. (laughs) Or it's also because you really enjoy hearing advice and hearing um, someone's perspective about um, different experiences that we face. And If you like listening to this, I'm sure you probably have a question. So go ahead and submit it and I will be sure to address it on an upcoming episode. I have a confession to make. I am truly and deeply ashamed. I know this is a judge-free zone, but I am so ashamed to share this, and maybe I'm making this into a much bigger deal than it actually is, but I have developed a huge craving for Coca-Cola. I crave Coca-Cola so often, it is absurd, because I don't know why all of a sudden I love Coca-Cola, but I love like the strong Coca-Cola. Like I hate when you go somewhere and it's like, really really flat or it's like on the verge of being flat and it doesn't even taste carbonated like that is the worst I do not like that I like when it's like strong and it kind of like makes you like scrunch your face because it's so carbonated um but yeah that is what I'm going through right now and maybe it's because I'm like deficient in some type of nutrient and that's why I'm craving this sweet substance but I just feel deeply ashamed because Liking soda is so bad. Like it is just so bad for your body. And I've really been trying to make healthier choices. 
But this is going to be the death of me because I always want it. And I don't keep it in my house, which is good. Like I don't even buy anything like that to keep in my fridge. But whenever I go out to dinner with friends or treat myself to lunch, I always want to order a Coke. <laughs> and it's so bad. It's Maybe this is not a big deal, but I just feel like this also might be a sign of old age because I feel I feel like so many older people that I know always have a Diet Coke. I had a teacher in high school who showed up with, I don't even know what it was. It literally probably could have been like a pot. Like it was so big. It was like a quadruple gulp from 7-Eleven every day full of Diet Coke. Like he had a true addiction and he knew that. But I remember senior year at the end of the year, he – um he actually started to try and like quit this habit. And so he started trying to drink like water, like Powerade or something. Um, but I remember he had a really bad addiction to Diet Coke. My One of my current bosses always has a Diet Coke every single day. I'm pretty sure they have more than one Diet Cokes from the vending machine. Um, I was listening to a podcast uh, this and she's like a middle-aged woman. She was talking about her addiction to Diet Coke. And so I'm like, oh my gosh, is me liking Coca-Cola a sign of old age? <laughs> I mean, I, I'm, I'm not drinking Diet Coke because let me just say, I maybe there's like actually proven research about this, but I feel like if you're going to drink soda, you might as well just drink the real thing. Why bother drinking diet coke because does anybody actually enjoy the taste i feel like that stuff is poison it does not taste good it tastes awful and people always say oh no it tastes the same it's not that big of a difference lies absolute lies it is totally different i vividly remember in my ap bio class in high school we did a blind taste test with coca-cola diet coke Pepsi and Diet Pepsi. And let me tell you, I was really able to tell which one was diet and which one was not um, because diet just tapes absolutely horrendous. Um, <laughs> and so if I'm going to enjoy something like this or treat myself, I'm just going to have the real thing. So maybe, you know, maybe this isn't a sign of old age because I haven't gotten to the point where I feel like I need to have it be diet. But anyway, I love Coke <laughs> and I'm – that sounds really bad. I love Coca-Cola. That's what I'm going to say because saying the other just doesn't sound great. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I I need to figure out what, what it is that I'm lacking in like nutrients or something that is causing this craving. It is because it has got to go. I started watching Dance Moms. And I know I am real late to this show. And I knew that this show was pretty crazy, but it is wild and so entertaining. <laughs> I feel like the messier the show, the more entertaining because I personally can't relate to how messy it is, but I am absolutely loving it. I'm in season one right now and I haven't, I haven't developed um, favoritism towards any of the moms yet or any of the the kids because they're all just like kind of nuts 
well, the kids aren't nuts. I would say only one of them is one that I kind of get annoyed with because she just seems overly cocky. And it's not like an endearing confidence. It's just kind of like a I'm the best and everybody else sucks kind of attitude. And I don't know how I feel about that. But this show really reminded me of the fact that my mother was not a tiger mom. She was very hands-off when it came to extracurriculars. And while I am kind of sad that that's the way it was, I'm also grateful because having a mom who's living out her childhood dream through you seems like such a nightmare because it just makes them overly obsessive and critical and just way too... Um, way too overbearing with you trying to basically achieve their dreams. Like there's one girl on the show, I think she's like six years old. And every time she has an interview with like with the camera, she always says like, I don't want to dance or I don't like dance. I don't like that costume. I don't want to do this solo. I'm only doing this because it makes my mom happy. Like that is so <laughs> sad. It broke my heart. I was like, it's sad that she already recognizes that this is something that makes her mom super happy at the age of six. Like she's already trying to please her mother. Is that like, I feel like that's like creating a pathway for your child to be a people pleaser, which is not good because then it just, I feel like it could send you down a spiral of always feeling like you need to um, compromise your boundaries in the worst way to make other people happy. And that is just not, it is not a fun thing to experience because I am personally a people pleaser and it is a blessing and a curse. But yeah, this show is so, it is so wild, but I'm excited. I can't wait to see like how these children evolve over the next few seasons. And like, if they bring in new kids, I don't know. I don't know if it's just the same group of people the entire time. So I will keep you all updated, but this has been so fun. So, so fun to watch. I know this might ruffle some feathers, but I am not a fan of hanging out in Orange County. <laughs> ah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to my friends that live in Orange County. Granted, I will make an exception for people that I just really genuinely love and support. Like I will do, I will move mountains for my friends um, that live out there. But it is just so difficult for me to feel comfortable in that area because I've just had so many bad experiences there. Um, while I was in college and post-college, I had friends that lived out there. And, you know, when you're young, you go to bars and you like to hang out. You like to have a good time. And all of the places that we went were always just full of white people. And I was always either just like the only person of color um, and of course, the only black person in the room. And while I'm used to that because I grew up in predominantly white spaces, that doesn't mean that I am comfortable in those spaces. Like I know how to like assimilate or like code switch, but that's like a form of protection or it's something that I do to protect myself. Um, and I just, uh I, I bring this up because I recently went to or I spent the weekend in Orange County for a friend's birthday and it was so fun. Like the group that we were with was absolutely amazing and we had a really good time. But I remember just stressing out before we were about to go out because just thinking about past experiences. So like when I used to go out there, 
the girls, I feel like a lot of girls were not the nicest to me or like in the restroom, they would touch my hair um, or they would just kind of like be fascinated that the, the fact that there is a brown person <laughs> in the room, it was like they'd never seen someone with such radiant, beautiful, just like stunning skin and style, you know? <laughs> um, but I just always kind of felt like I was some sort of zoo animal to them. And it was just never a fun experience. Um, I never felt like I could be my true self in those spaces. I feel like whenever I'm in an area that is predominantly white and very conservative, I have my guard up like times 100 because I already know that most of those people, or I assume, maybe I shouldn't say I know, but I assume that most people have very, very opposing values to my values and support policies and politics and things that are harmful to me and my community and are also harmful to people that I love and who are very near and dear to me. So maybe that's just like way too deep, but that is just what goes through my head and why I feel so uncomfortable in those spaces. But luckily, it was not a bad time. Um, it actually ended up being decent. It was kind of funny, though, because while I am young, I mean, I'm in my 20s, the people that we saw out looked like they were 12 years old or they looked like they had just graduated from high school. It made me think, like, there is absolutely no way that you were 21. You definitely have a fake ID. Um, <laughs> like, it literally looks like you just got your outfit from Oshkosh. Um, is that what it's called? The little baby store? Um, like, I just, it was, and I was just, it made me think, like, wow, is this what I looked like when I was young and going out? Like, that much, like, that much of a baby face? Um, I felt so old. But luckily, the crowd was actually pretty good. It was a relatively diverse crowd or more diverse than what I had typically experienced in the past whenever I went out there. But it was fun. Um, we we went on a little Duffy boat. So we got to drive this little boat around um, the Newport. What is it? The little uh, – what is it called? It's not the peninsula, but it's like this little area um, where people could paddleboard and ride these little boats. And so we had drinks and whatnot. I got a little seasick, got a little queasy, but it was still fun. It was very relaxing. Um, and it's something that I've always wanted to do for my birthday. I really want to do something like that in the future. But I don't know. I feel like it's hard to get people to commit to something like that. Um, I don't know. Maybe one day, maybe my friends love me enough to go. That would be an absolute dream because I really want to I really want to go all out for my birthday this year or maybe when I um, maybe next year I don't know but I have for so long just really been wanting to throw a big party or something that just brings people that I love together um, to celebrate more <laughs> um, but I don't know I can never figure out what would be where would be a good space that people who are like near and far could be able to like travel to so it'd probably be like somewhere in LA but I don't know we'll see but anyway it was a really fun really fun weekend we went to this restaurant called Nick's I think it's Nick's south of the border or something like that it was so good it was so so 
I want to go back. I, I, I cannot wait to go back. Um, my friend was hyping it up so much and I was kind of skeptical because, you know, sometimes people will hype something up and it ends up not being that good. This place was actually really, really yummy. I was very impressed. And I even ordered, um, cause I don't know why, but I was craving a pina colada. <laughs> Is that weird? I don't know. Do people normally crave those things? But I ordered, um, I think it was called a frozen coconut. And it was delicious. It was so good. I'm always impressed when bartenders can make a blended drink taste good without tasting like just pure, like pure alcohol. Um, but it was blended so well. It was so smooth and creamy and the presentation was stunning. The food was the presentation also stunning. Taste amazing. Um, chips and salsa, phenomenal. I, I'm so ready to go back. So, um, it is on my list as a Yelper. I feel like I, I need to go to all of their locations um, <laughs> because hopefully all, the all of the locations are good. But anyway, if you are ever in Laguna and you need a good restaurant to go to and you enjoy Mexican food, you should check this place out. But back to the weekend. Um, it was really fun because – I was around people that – so I only knew two people in the group, the birthday girl and one of her really good friends because we went to school together. And I was kind of nervous because I was showing up by myself and I knew that I was going to like have to meet new people and I didn't know if I was going to mesh well with them. But I'm really happy that I did because they were really, really awesome, very, very friendly people. Um, and it was just a reminder to me of like how important it is to surround yourself with people that make you feel comfortable and make you feel like you can be your most true, authentic self. Because as someone who spent so much of, of their life assimilating to European standards and um, hiding just parts of my identity or just feeling ashamed of my blackness or feeling like I couldn't like certain things, like I couldn't like certain foods or music or dress a certain way or wear my hair a certain way because then I wouldn't be accepted. Like it is not worth feeling so icky about that. It's not worth it. Um, being around people who make you feel seen is just, um, it is life-changing. It is so life-changing. As someone who grew up in predominantly white communities where, you know, me wearing my hair straight was what my friends or then friends um, considered to be really pretty. Like I would only get compliments when I wore my hair that way. If I wore any other way, I would never get any compliments. Um, if I liked certain foods or if I liked certain music, I got teased for it um, or I was told that I was ghetto or anything like that. And I was like, and then when I think about it, I'm like, well, maybe that's why, um, like, people for so long called me whitewashed, said that I was just, like, um, not what a black person should be, which is just so problematic. You never should tell somebody that because um, telling someone that because they are, you know, black or they are a person of color, that they need to sound or look or like certain things is just not okay. 
Um, and so I think now that I have friends who make me feel seen, I just feel so blessed because it is just not worth it. Life is way too short and way too precious to surround yourself with people who don't make you feel like you can be your most authentic self. Life is way too short to surround yourself with people who you feel like you have to assimilate to their really dumb standards or unrealistic expectations of people that they're friends with. So I'm I'm really excited to continue allowing myself to just be in spaces that make me just feel so refreshed. <laughs> um, it's nice to be around people that make you feel like you can be yourself because when you're not in a space like that, it is just absolutely exhausting because you're constantly trying to do things to to fit in and it shouldn't be that way. Life should not be that way at all. But I do say this with the understanding that it can be very difficult to find your people or your person. Um, it's not always easy to find people that um, are like-minded or people who are going to accept you for who you are. But putting yourself in spaces where you're likely to find people who like have the same interests or the same values is really the best play the best way for you to have success in this way. I'm sure this comes with age, but now I am way more critical of people that I will allow in my space, as I've said plenty of times before. And so I am willing to set boundaries for what I will and will not accept in my friendship circles. So, you know, there's, I mean, I have a list of things, um, but I feel like my tolerance for that is just way, like, I do not have very high tolerance for it. And I even remember, like, um, with my ex, there were a couple of friends that he had that were just, like, really problematic. Um, that I didn't feel comfortable with. And I remember expressing how uncomfortable I was and that wasn't really received well. And so instead I chose to just kind of like back down. Um, but I will say like, don't do that. <laughs> take, take some advice from me. It is not worth doing that. Don't sacrifice your peace to please somebody else. I say this as if it is so much easier than it actually is and I am by no means an expert on being able to stick to and stand by your boundaries because it's so much just not always easy you know and sometimes you just want to be a people pleaser I am such a people pleaser I hate making people upset or making people annoyed because I chose to do something that they didn't want me to do you know like it is and I think Honestly, it is so much more rewarding to stand your ground because it ends up protecting your peace. It ends up being like there's a reason why you have a boundary, right? And when you choose to please somebody else instead of sticking by what is right or like what you're okay with, it just makes you so unhappy. And I think especially when you're younger, maybe too like in your early 20s, a lot of times it's easier to surround yourself with people that 
maybe are not necessarily the people that you feel like you can be your truest self with because you would rather be around those people than be alone because nobody wants to be alone. No one wants to be seen as like a loser or like, you know, a loner. Nobody wants that. And so oftentimes as a young adult, you're um, you feel a lot more drawn to just settling for people that are not great. And I promise you it is way better being comfortable in solitude than choosing to tolerate people that are not being not people that bring you peace. Okay, moving on. My question of the day, is it okay to be a woman in a relationship and not want to be the provider? <laughs> because I I don't know. I feel like I consider myself a pretty progressive. I don't like saying the word liberal, but I guess I'm like a liberal person, right? And a part of me, like for so long, I told myself that I want to make more than my husband if I get married. Like I want to be a boss AB, you know, boss ass bitch. Um, <laughs> but the more I think about it, like working sucks. <laughs> Being part of corporate America is exhausting. And while, you know, I still like I'm going to make strives to move my way up the ladder I I want to be in a relationship with someone who can take care of me. <laughs> I mean, of course, like I say this by but like I also would never be with someone if I could not take care of myself. Like I can obviously I can take care of myself. I pay all of my bills myself, I pay my rent myself, you know. But being with someone who could like spoil me is something that I've been thinking about. <laughs> Maybe that's really selfish, but that is something that I would like to experience because I don't think I've ever been in a relationship with someone where the guy was the one who was like making more money or just like way more successful than me. I have always been the star in the relationship and I don't want it to be that way anymore. It's kind of exhausting. Like I feel like I'm the one who like always wears the pants in the relationship and and I don't know if that's problematic to say. Be not the pants in the relationship, but I'm the one who like has had a lot more financial success or feels very financially comfortable. And so I don't know. Sometimes it 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 makes the dynamic in a relationship weird because you feel like you can't enjoy certain things because your partner might not be able to afford it or like your partner might not be like super comfortable with you covering the cost um, because I feel like a lot of guys feel emasculated when their partner um, is like outperforming them. I say that in quotation marks or like is earning way more than them. And while I don't, um, I don't mind or I used to not mind being the one that like can cover the cost of something. I've noticed that a lot of guys are just not comfortable with that. And so I think my like one of my new standards is to have someone who is as um, is has has had maybe a little bit more success than me. Um, I don't know if this makes me sound like a gold digger, because obviously, like, see, my thing is I want to, like, build my own generational wealth. 
like whether that is with someone or without someone, like that is my ultimate goal. Because if I have children, I want to set my children up for success and I want to give them opportunities that I didn't have. And I will do that with or without somebody else. So I, my end goal is not necessarily to just like live off of somebody else's money, but like, I don't know. I feel like it's nice to be taken care of. I'm someone who always takes care of people or people. I'm just someone who is always looking out for others. And so it's nice when someone wants to look out for you, but I don't know, like, does that make me, is that like a turnoff to guys who like don't, want to be with someone who like um is looking for someone who is like earning more than them um it's also just so awkward to talk about finances I feel like in a relationship like it's not something that is easy to bring up and especially now like I don't think that I mean I'll be honest sometimes I'll scroll through Venmo if I'm extremely bored. And when you see people's transactions, especially when it's people you know who are married that are like still have Venmo exchanges, it's like, like, I don't, like, I think maybe some, I don't know. I don't think it's bad that people still have Venmo because, or like that married couples use Venmo. But I think it's very telling that maybe in today's day and age, people don't, merge their finances together like they have separate accounts or don't really have like merged accounts which is totally fine like I I think that's okay but I wonder if that makes it difficult to talk about finances but I don't know I just how do you bring this up I'm I'm trying to think of like a way to talk about this in a comfortable way (laughs) with the guy Of course, I don't think this is something that you would bring up on a first date, obviously. I think this is something that um, I would wait until, like, I'm, like, into the relationship or I feel comfortable with where things are in the relationship. Um, But I'm not saying that, like, if somebody was, I don't know, had a position that was, quote, unquote, lower than mine that I wouldn't date them necessarily. But I don't know. I just... I'm kind of over being I'm over being the provider. <laughs> um, I just I want to be spoiled. I feel like I deserve to be spoiled. And is that so wrong? I don't think so. I really don't think so. Um, hopefully that doesn't make me a gold digger. I don't know. Maybe I'm the only one who thinks this or maybe this is like a problematic view or what also scares me is like, is me wanting to have a guy like be the provider going to mean that I like end up with someone who has like problematic traditional views because I don't want to be with a guy who let's say he makes more money than me, but he expects me to be like a homemaker and expects me to like be the only one who cooks and cleans and does like domestic things. Like I don't want that to be the dynamic. I want to have a relationship that's very balanced and um, be with someone who is willing to, you know, do like who's willing to cook, who's also willing to clean because I don't mind doing those things, but like I don't want to be the only one. Um, And it's hard for me to like not feel guilty about that especially having grown up part of the Christian faith because part of the faith teaches you that, you know, 
wives need to submit to their husbands and you need to obey your husband and do, you know, anything like do whatever pleases him. Do what he like commands of you. And that is just so like, oh, no, I don't want that. Like, I don't know. Like, I I want to be able to have my own career and still have my own independence and still chase my own dreams. But like at the same time, like if if somebody if he wants to, you know, treat me to a little a nice little dinner, um, I am not opposed to that. If he wants to treat me to a vacation, like that is perfectly fine. I will definitely enjoy it but yeah I don't know I always wonder I don't know maybe this is me just thinking way too hard (laughs) too hard about this or having standard that's way too high at least though like I am not having an expectation like my like my partner needs to make like six figures every single year like that is not my expectation um like I don't have like a set annual salary that they need to meet it's more so like as long as they're like maybe like making a little bit more than like what I'm making or like you know um or maybe they're making the same amount of money but like they're willing to spoil me (laughs) um yeah just my thought curious what other people think or if this is like problematic but anyway this is what goes on in my brain I should be okay with this wish that I have, (laughs) this wish or desire to have a partner that can spoil me because, you know, the people-pleasing side of me wants to say something or, like, feels like I need to have an opinion that other people are going to agree with or have an opinion that um, is a little bit um, easier for people to accept. But you know what? I'm going to take my own advice and I'm not going to be a people pleaser in this situation. This is something that I think would benefit me in the long run because I've never experienced it. I've never experienced this type of dynamic before. So maybe it will be better for me. I don't know. I would love to hear your thoughts. Send me an email or shoot me a text. I would love to hear it. Um, But as always, thank you for listening. I truly, truly, truly appreciate it. Um, If you have any questions that you want to submit anonymously, go ahead and text 818-583-7547 or shoot me an email at itotallygetthatpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and I'll talk to y'all next time. Bye.